Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Are you ready now, Let's Your Highness? Again. You need to go potty break or anything like that? Not yet. Okay. I will, and it's going to be harder down here. It is. Oh, yeah. Come on, people. You know what time it is. That's right. It's pack filler time. What's pack filler? Well, let me tell you. Pack filler is the no-name guy in the pack. The filler. The nobody. The guy just happy to be in the race. It's also the baddest mother podcast on the internet. Hosted by has-beens who think they know something about bikes, training, and just about everything else. If you want to be a part of the show, shoot them an email at info at or follow their asses on Facebook, Twitter, or even watch the show, if you're into that. And now, sit back, open a cold one, and tune in to another episode of the Pack Filler Podcast. You just took a picture of me during that entire thing. How do you think I'm supposed to stay silent? I don't know, but I'm listening to the... I, I made a, a comment earlier about how the, the theme seems... It's either... I would say... I said Kojak. I was wrong. I mean Shaft or Bad Porn. Shaft. Well, it's, I do have that. It is called Pack Filler Theme 70s feel to it. It's, you got the uh, cop going on in the background? Yeah, you got a little Shaft? No. Hi, I'd like to buy a pizza. Oh, I was going to be the air conditioner repairman. It's so hot in here. Oh, you you came in and discovered me in my underarms. I don't even know. That's how bad I am at at porn. Apparently, this is actually uh, this is the second time we've started the show because Mark, His Highness, you know, kept finding some sort of a flaw in the show, but. 
Um, you know, we do this straight through. We don't edit, bitch. So, nope. you know, so this is how we do it. Um, but this might be the last time we actually hear that new theme already because uh, Lance, one of our listeners, has actually offered to help us out a little bit. You ready for the poem? I am. It's too, you've already heard it. It's too damn hot, too hot for me to ride. Hell with no AC. It's too hot to be inside. Oh, I like the weather as much as I like songs by Steve Miller, Pat and Mark together, catching up on some pack filler. See, it loses the effect when I've already done it once before. It does kind of tip me off. Yeah. But, uh, you know, we, we generally, we get it. Steve Miller sucks ass. Really? No, I hate him. Can't, I can't stand Steve Miller. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm kind of a Abra, joker and a smoker. Abra, Kadabra, I want to reach out and grab you. Abra, Abra, Kadabra, Abra, Kadabra. Well, I mean, I wrote that. Yeah, well, it sounds like you did. See, my phone's going what crazy. Was that? It was my phone. You're texting oh. me pictures oh. that you're taking me before the show, and it creeps me out. Hashtag big time. <laughs> did you get the broken That's window? That's why in the I background? put it in there. You want to know how that window broke? I would guess a golf ball. No, actually, it's very funny. Um, for those of you who don't know, if some of you have been following uh, the progress of me working on this room. And um, over the years, it was a really shitty room. And now it's slightly less shitty. It's really nice. Um, but this window behind me is a double pane window. And the mm-hmm. a- exterior pane has been broken. It looks like, yeah, it looks like a golf ball hit it. You want to know what that was? That was me trying to get into my own home once when I was locked out. I built a ladder and I was trying to get into the dining room above it. And the ladder fell, Oops. and I fell with it, and, and I hurt myself, and I cracked the window. So I kind of think I just keep it there as a reminder not to do anything stupid like that again. Well, it's kind of funny because it's the frosty, like, privacy glass you'd yeah. have in your, your bathroom just so nobody would peek in and see you naked. Yeah, yeah. And, and thank God. But now somebody can peek in. But, but why, <laughs> why in this room? <laughs> because there's very cheap equipment in here. Oh, well, I mean... Wink, wink. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm just saying, of all the, the rooms like that you would think, like, don't look in that one. <laughs> I mean, yeah, why this shitty... Especially what it used to be. Well, I mean, it's just a basement. I mean, yeah. but now it's really kind of cool. I mean, you've put in a new floor, you've got it cleaned up, we got a fridge. we got the ugly couch. I don't know. I like yellow. I think it's fine. It matches. Well, I'm just going to call it the ugly couch because it's old and it's... But it's quite comfortable. It beats the, the alternative of no couch. Yeah. Yeah, and and then we got the projector on the ceiling so I can watch Netflix and stuff like that. That's cool. It's a I'm cool a, little man. It's cave. a nerd. It's a nerd cave. Yeah. Oh, podcast. Welcome to the podcast, by the way, that keeps churning out dribble year after year. We've been doing this for a very long time. In I guess we could officially say the Pack Filler Studio. I'm Pat Bulger. I'm Mark Hudson. <sighs> we we are inconsistent, but we are omnipresent. That's a great way to put it because we have been fairly inconsistent. Actually, you know what? We always kind of flake out in May. Oh yeah. Because that's kind of the end of my school year. That's the end, you know, I don't know. Shit, do you have a season? Always busy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and, and as I said, new theme coming soon. Just need to make a couple tweaks. We're going to do that again. And um, tour starts this weekend. It is that time of year. Uh, we're going to be doing some, I'm, you know, I hope you're going to be here with me doing some shows during the race. Um, I've even lined up a couple guests throughout the, the tour to talk to some people. So if you want to come in, it'd be awesome to have Greg you come Lamond? In. No. Lance Armstrong. No. He's – what's he doing? Why can't we get him on the show? I don't know. I think it's I, – I think he's forbidden. From talking to us? From talking to anybody. I think he could talk to us. I bet he'd turn us down. 
But we got a couple good. I actually well, he was so welcoming to begin with. Yeah, I mean, he was always there. I could probably say their names. I mean, we've got Lee Rogers from Crank Punk. Um, If you if you followed any of the cycling blogger, this guy's pretty cool guy. And um, Richard Fries, one of the one of the announcers for like the national series around the states. So I'd like to talk to some of those guys, and we're going to get some other ones too. So. As you heard in the intro, it is effing hot. In fact, it's getting warmer in here, and then I had to shut off that fan in the background. Um, we've had multiple days in the 90s and even some above 100s, and it's been ugly. It is hot. I mean, like I like Africa hot. Yeah. Like, I, don't, I don't do well. I think the, I said it the other day during Ironman Coeur d'Alene. Had the athletes chosen to race in Dubai, yeah. it would have been eight degrees cooler. Fuck. That's how hot it is here. Stupid hot. Yeah, yeah. Stupid hot. And we're going to talk about some of the events that have happened here over the last couple of weeks. Actually, for eh, a month or so. That. Yeah. And uh, one of them being, of course, uh, the Ironman Coeur d'Alene and things like that. But first, I have to thank the sponsors. i got to pay the bills, even though... I don't. They don't pay the bills, but uh, the big thanks to the Sufferfest. Our uh, go to our site and click on that Sufferfest logo and go buy some videos. Uh, great, great group for them. Uh, Dave just got finished with a camp in UCI headquarters. Yeah, big deal. Yeah, and you know people could go and pay and ride and be there and ride on their velodrome, do some ap- epic rides. So that was a cool one. And of course, big thanks to uh, Glenn at Elephant Bikes. Be sure to check out the National Forest Explorer, that new funky model that I want to get my hands on and just ride around in it. And I'm still pissed at Glenn, by the way, for kicking my ass at the last Wednesday night race. He caught me. And actually, he didn't catch me. He, uh, he, was, he was with me the whole time. He led for a while. I led for a while. And then he, um, he beat me in the sprint, and it, and it made me mad. I'm sorry. But he's a sponsor, so I'm not going to tell him how mad I am at him. Well, no, you forgive. Not yet. Okay, but eventually. I'm, I'm working on eventually. it. I'm working on it. Uh, it's, dude, it's been a while. I know. Uh, it totally has. We, we discuss what's been going on? We could start in the way, way back machine, like the Scooby-Doo way back machine. Do it. Okay. Well, we started off. You and I were both at the 24-hour race. Yes. Which was that, epic. I think was our last show together. We were talking about getting ready for that, and that was being one of the big kind of look forward to type of events. Pretty much the most fun you can have with your clothes on. You rode it. I didn't get to ride it. You never will get to ride it because you won't. No, it's because I have to work it. You say that, but you won't. You say that. Okay. We love that race. But anyway, I had uh, I actually did the motorhome, brought it down. It's kind of a cool you thing. You did a motorhome? I, bought a, I didn't buy it. I rented a motorhome um, for that weekend, and it was pretty cool because uh, just because I wanted to see, you know, well, let's see what it is. If I have a motorhome, how much, you know, is it something I'd want? And my wife is actually warming to the idea of a motorhome. Whoa. And I don't know if I am because we're like a 20-year loan. But anyway, um, but we, we took the motorhome. And actually, the comfort level of that race increased dramatically from the first year we did it. Yeah, because um, you just slept in your car. Yeah, the first year. It was 30 degrees. I slept in my car. It was cold. Yeah. And now we've got campers and everything else. I will say, though, at... If you do a race like that, the first probably 10, 12 hours are pretty cake. I mean, super fun. Everybody's happy. The last 12 hours is where the rubber meets the road. Yeah. And the rubber met the road for our team. (laughs) (laughs) Well. And the rubber met the dirt. I mean, it it just, things just collapsed. You're saying that some riders had some difficult moments. We had, yeah, we uh, we had. uh, We can pick on. Yeah, we had Chris, 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 um. 
definitely had a great first lap, stellar first lap, put a lot down, had a hard second lap, and then, uh, you know, we had Dave crashed, um, rallied, did another lap, and then Roger, of course, took the drink. Yeah, drink again, because yep. you're going to drink a lot on this show. Yeah. Because we've got some news about that young yeah. man. But uh, Roger, of course, took the team on his back, probably did five laps, five or six, if I'm not mistaken. And uh, I did three, Jesse did two. And we just had some interesting scheduling issues with people and their goals. And we ran into scheduling issues with the race the next week of how far did people want to push and everything else. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I wasn't that fast. I, w- I think I'm carrying some weight. So we'll talk about that later. But uh, <laughs> but fitness-wise, wasn't too bad. Like, I actually felt really good throughout the race. I could have done more laps and everything else. We just end up going, well, we're in seventh place, and we called it a day. Yeah. You know, and – It was good, though. I mean, you talk about a great team, great effort, everybody. I mean, you see Chris's first lap. You see him running on the video where he's coming. I mean, he's throwing everything out there on that lap. And then you look at Jesse crushed it. I think she was 10 minutes faster than my lap. Wow. Both laps. She was smoking fast. Um, And she didn't really ride beforehand. She was all strength training. Um, Just rocked it. Oh, my God. Um, Roger, of course drink threw down some epic laps like three back to back um dave really i think he threw two two laps together twice or something along those lines including two night laps back to back oh so it was like you're just running out of green when you have a five-person team and you run into some scheduling issues and you know we could have done you know we could have done more laps i think but it would have meant relying very heavily on Roger and Dave, which wasn't fair to them considering they had a half Ironman to do the next week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you run into that that with a team sometimes when you have you know really good athletes on your team that, that have other goals. So I think um, you talk about it. I mean, how far is our Roger and Dave drink um, going to – how far are they going to carry your team? I'm not going to carry your team. Yeah. You know, I'll go I'll, – I'll do as many laps You'll as you want me to do. You'll be the guy. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll do as many laps as you want me to do. I just – yeah, you know, when the 80-year-old woman with one leg passes me, I'm, I'm not much of a mountain bike. So, but I mean, I love the course. The course was not epic this year. I will say that, and I'm going to bag on, on on the choice to use the section they used. The that new trail be, section? The new trail section, I applaud uh, the 24-hour race for trying something new, which they always should, and I have no problem with that. I wish if they were going to try something new, could you get rid of Little Vietnam? It's my least favorite. <laughs> I love it through there. I love the beginning. Um, I don't like the rock gardens very much. I don't enjoy the. Uh, I don't enjoy just the way the way things get hidden in there. I've crashed yeah. every year in Little Vietnam. <laughs> so, night lab. Yeah, um, I just always end up hitting. There's some hidden rocks where. You, I tend to cut corners. I just, I've learned that about my, my riding because my first lap actually I was really doing pretty well <laughs> and I was riding well. I felt like I was riding fast and I was, I was riding fast, but I ran out of light and I didn't bring oh, a headlamp. Oh, so God. I brought, I had, I had, the, I brought the light on my bars, but as you know, when you don't, you can't see where you look. No. Yeah. The light on your bars actually impairs your vision to a certain extent, anything outside of its cone. Yeah, you have a sharp turn coming up ahead. You don't know what's going to happen in the tree. I hit a rock in Little Vietnam, and then I, I hit a tree. <laughs> and then I've, I just, I mean, I was doing great for the first 30 minutes. And then 
no problem up the hill. You know, I hit there. I'm like, I'm good. And then just, I, I was laughing when I hit the tree on after a little Vietnam. I was just going, it was just a little sapling and I tipped over and I had to, you know, kind of get situated. Yeah. But little things, you know, like that. But I do think hats off to the organizers. Um, I am also profoundly grateful for my team for letting me race, you know, year after year with them, though they are faster than me. I think spectacular effort on their part. It's just awesome. <laughs> um, you know, it's great that that Dave and he who shall not be named because we're probably buzzed by now. Drunk by now, yeah. Carry our team. Jesse, just the spectacular lap she can put in. And just, the, I mean, just the enthusiasm and, and personality, I mean, that Chris offers and everything else. I mean, Chris, Chris wrote an epic lap. I mean, it was awesome to see. So it's so fun to have that group together. And I, I hope it's the same group again, always. Yeah. You know, as way leads underway, I mean, you won't have that, but. What a cool race, and anybody who's ever not tried a 24-hour something, do it. It's funny because spirits are so high in the beginning, and you get as you. tough as you think you are, sleep is a big factor, <laughs> and it, it, it hurts you. I mean, it's a gritty experience, you know? So that's my, that's yeah. my take on it. There's no way to go, I'm just going to be happy this year. You're, you know, at 3, 4 in the morning, your sleep cycle kicks in. Yeah. You know, you oh, yeah. want to be up. I didn't. I wouldn't know. I get to go to bed at ten o'clock and wake you up drink around beer. seven. And yeah, I drink beer most of the race, so it's it was good. I I actually love the event. I loved. Um, I wish uh, you know. I I love the feeling of that event. Um, although you know there are some similarities that I feel in some of the triathlon weekends, uh, sea otter things like that, where you've got that whole party kind of a, a feeling, and it's always a great time. And I I thought it was I thought I thought it was a cool one. So. Um, I know we got to get it move on because we got an interview. We got to call this guy here pretty soon. But um, uh, Iron Man Cordellane, we're well, gonna we, we could hit Iron Man Cordellane. Let's hit Troika real quick because we called that oh, race crap, the next we weekend. Hit, we did, um, You're right? So I think we should hit that oh, very crap. briefly. Yeah. Um, we looked at a pretty spectacular race by he who must not be named Roger Grink. God damn it! Let's go. A forty-three-year-old guy doing a half Iron Man. The nearest competitor to him was twenty minutes. Yeah, that was impressive. Shit. I mean that was that I thought that was an impressive effort yeah. from a great athlete. I thought that was fun. There were some good people out there. Great. Glad that um Troika has invited us back twice now. Is that twice for both of us? My God. Um no, I did it when they had their old time yeah. in late summer. But yeah, that was I think that's our second or third time. It's our second or third time at that place and it's a great location, great race. Yeah. Honestly, like if it, if you've never done a half Ironman, I would do that one. I would oh, seriously, yeah. you're not looking at any extreme um, run. You're not looking at any extreme um, crazy stuff. Maybe a little heat, maybe a little cold, depending on it what type of year yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, no, that's a great race. I thought they Scott did a great job putting it on with uh, a cross-the-line finish. And yeah. I can't say enough good things about how that race ran. I mean, they had, they had a couple little hiccups, and it was not the race hiccups. It was purely athlete hiccups, and I yeah. thought they handled them appropriately Oh, in well. terms of the laps and stuff like that. And yeah, yeah. Well, we had that gentleman, uh, you know, who might actually get named in the rant tonight. But oh. with that gentleman who cut his time. Yeah, because he did and then one less lap people. or something like that, didn't he? Yeah, yeah, and then he yelled at people yeah. at the finish line. Yeah. So just, uh, just going to throw this out there. If you decide to do a triathlon and you come in – off the bike, and you think you averaged 35, 36 miles an hour, you didn't. <laughs> You're awful a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't. Um, 
<laughs> let me just and also if you do average 35 or 36 miles per hour and you don't have a motor on your bike and you're not on EPO yeah there should be a lead car with you <laughs> um little things i'm going to throw out there for you if you're averaging 35 there should be a lead car with you yeah i'm going to leave it there i'm just going to leave it there but and also so when you don't average 35 and you're surprised don't take it out on race organizers. Oh, God, yeah. Oh, I forgot it was in the bike course, wasn't it? It was yeah. in the bike course. And it was not – honestly, I've talked to several athletes from that race. They had no problems. No. And he was not a, He was not in the lead. Well, he's probably pulling a Chris Foom and just staring at his stem or something like that. Well, that's that's that's, that's, that's I guess it hey, works for him. Yeah, it is a triathlon, Connor. So. Yeah. And, of course, you know, 24-hour Troika, all that kind of stuff. We had a big one. We had a huge one over this last couple of weeks. Um, not necessarily my forte is in terms of an athlete, but uh, something you know a lot about, Ironman Coeur d'Alene. I think Ironman Coeur d'Alene is probably one of the seminal events, maybe in the nation, that we are fortunate enough in this area to have. Anybody who does not know about Ironman Coeur d'Alene probably doesn't care about it. But <laughs> if you did care about Ironmans and you cared about Subaru Ironmans, which are kind of the ones – they used to be Ford Ironmans. Um, they are spectacular, and we have one right in our own backyard, and we actually have some people that we know that did did this yeah. this year, and it's a spectacular event. Absolutely. Um, uh, you know what? I, I honestly can say right now on this show, I will never be an Ironman. You are. You said no. You said never. A never. Here's the funny thing. Here's the funny thing. Whenever I know someone's lying to me, What's the word you think they use? I swear to God. No. Never. There you go. I I will not be an Iron Man. You've already used it, Mr. Bolden. I will not be an Iron Man. You've it already was, used it. it. For those of you who don't know what the hell happened <laughs> this past week, well, God, two weeks ago? I don't know. Fuck it. Um, 104 degrees. It's not always 104 degrees. It's even cold sometimes. But it was. It was. And um, you were there. Yeah. You, you went to watch – and. Maybe sit by the infinity pool for a while. I don't know if I was the best <laughs> Iron fan. I will admit that. I was probably the worst Iron fan ever. And I'm thankful. I mean, I had the best day ever. <laughs> it was super fun. I mean, I got to be a little bit a part of it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, normally, like, if I'm if I'm going to Iron fan it, you know, I'm happy to go out on the course. I'm happy to be there all day. It's tiring. I mean, yeah. that's something. that oh we, should, God, we could do a show on Iron fanning. I mean, five something in the morning till whenever your friends or family come home. Yeah, I went. I saw Roger drink. Drink. I saw Roger go start the race. I saw him come off on the bike. I saw him leave. Got a great shot of him. He's smiling. I went to breakfast at the dockside. <laughs> <laughs> I got some text photos from you on the infinity pool. It was fabulous. Yeah. Um, yeah. and, and then we went to the infinity pool and we played and then by the time it was two thirty, three o'clock, I mean, I had a three year old that was really done. And I mean, we were at a pool, you got a nap. Yeah. We we're at a pool and she's kind of melting down and it's, I'm like, I can't go out on the court. I mean, I could, and my wife was game. Everybody was fine. Like going out. I'm like, I, I'm not going to do this. Let's just pack it up, you know? And oh, I mean, not, not because yeah. they couldn't survive or something it was just they would have no appreciation for it yeah. so why would i do that to them you um you you said to me in a text like that i should get my ass out there i got the honeydew look but um you, you that would said have been to me, fun you said to me that they had the event in dubai yeah if which we all know dubai 
I mean, uh, freaking very warm. Yeah. And this race was well, how many? What well, I say? think I it was originally going to be 108. I think it got up to 105. So it was five degrees cooler in Dubai on that day. On the day they did the Ironman. Yeah. You would have been cooler racing in Dubai. Shit. With, admittedly, less hills. <laughs> really? Is it dead flat? The I Dubai think race? so. I, I think I mean, Dubai's I, I desert. I, bar- I barely know the Coeur d'Alene route, to be honest. The Coeur d'Alene route's got some pretty substantial climbs. I mean, you go out. Have you been up? Uh, so you take a right on 95 out of uh, Coeur d'Alene. Yeah. And you go up that big hill. Oh, Then you go shit. down the big hill. Then you go up another big hill. Then you go down that big oh. hill. Then you go up the backside of that big hill. And you do that twice. You got like three one mile climbs. In How that. would you compare this course from what your from your experience to some place like Kona? Kona is flat, isn't it? The no, bike Kona's brutal. Is it? Yeah, Kona. I don't think you compare Kona to anywhere because and having I've only run the I've swam the swim course probably you know third of it. You know, I mean, I swim out and maybe a half, of, not a half of it because I haven't swam out to the turnaround. Yeah. But I've swam a good portion of the Kona course, and I've I've run along Ali'i Drive and stuff like that, but I haven't run down by the Energy Lab and stuff like that. I would say the Kona course bike course is stupid hard because of the wind. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. You're not going to get a prevailing wind that is so solid at 45, 50 miles an hour. Oh. Which is crazy when you see somebody with it at their back. Yeah. Because you'll oh, see. Oh, be awesome. I mean, as awesome as anything gets during an Ironman because these yeah. people are thinking, oh, shit. Or they just came from it. They're like, oh, yeah, I earned this. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I remember seeing some of the pros in Kona. I swear they're doing over 40 on a flat. Jesus. So, no, there's no comparison. No, yeah, your comparison app. Yeah, but but uh, yeah, vertical wise, I'd say Coeur d'Alene's a tougher course. Uh, usually, it's not as hot as say Arizona. I don't know. Arizona's generally, it's hard to say. This has just been freaky though. This so, was stupid hot. Yeah. I mean, it shouldn't have been as hot. I don't think Arizona is the time of year when it's hot though either. So, um, Florida supposedly is one of the easier courses, but then you deal with the humidity. So yeah, yeah, because yeah, well. they don't have any hills. Yeah, so, and there you go. There's I am. Yeah, and we had a, we had our you know our, our good friend drink drink did uh, did the event kicked some serious ass. I I mentioned on Twitter about about Roger mm-hmm. and what he was doing and that he took his age group in that thing and I fuck. Well, the thing I is, I don't know if I'm liking Roger as much as I used to, just because he gets to do all the stuff I dream of, but he actually goes out and works for it. He did work pretty hard for it because I was going out for rides before, you know, the um, mountain bike race and everything. Yeah. I've still been running, but I've been going out for – I was going out for rides. I go out for like two, two and a half hours or, you know, on one day and, yeah, just rode in from Wenatchee. You know, <laughs> you know I mean, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Wenatchee's the center of the state. We're on the other side of the state. Yeah, just rode in, you know. Yeah, it was pretty easy. You know, did what I wanted to do, had my intervals in the beginning, you know, kept it steady at 23 yeah, yeah. What you know? I mean, just yeah. I mean, just not so not so great, um, great, great work ethic and great uh, attitude. I mean, oh, and by the way, I still fit it in, and my kids love me, and all this kind of shit. I think that's the funny part too, because guys like me or you or or even Nick ran into this, and I think you know when you're 
entering a sport or just trying a sport out. You just you're pulled gonna... back the curtain, by the way, because we haven't even introduced Nick yet, but that's okay. Well, Nick, our friend, your friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. But if you're going to... guy who we're going to talk to in a few seconds. we're going to talk to in a few yeah. seconds. But if you're the, the intro guy um, and you've never done it, you, myself included, you, you end up focusing solely on that and maybe to the detriment of other areas of your life. I think if you've done it since the age of 12 and it's just who you are, yeah. you may be able to do it. Like if you were to look at Roger's Facebook, you are not going to see, hey, just went out for a 12-mile run, felt great, did 730 miles, a little slow, felt a little sick today. I hate that you know? shit. I mean, <laughs> if, uh, if you're doing that. And you hear this show, stop it. Yeah. Uh, Nobody gives a shit. I mean, we can honestly say that across the board. Yeah. Don't post that shit. Yeah. I mean, if you, you know, honestly, I wouldn't mind hearing about bad rides. Like, yeah. <laughs> went there, ended up with a 14 penny nail in my tire, yeah, yeah. had to wedge it out of carbon. It was some, crazy. Some, I didn't. <laughs> some asshole threw a burger at me. <laughs> I got hit with a beer bottle. I mean, that's what I want to hear fun. about. That's yeah. That's fun. That's yeah. what I want to hear yeah. about is that type of stuff. But, you know, yeah, I went out. Yeah, I ran a. Ran a, and most people are like, yeah, I ran a 1430 mile. You felt good, had a burger afterwards. <laughs> All right. That's an option. But you, 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 I think that's what's kind of cool about our friend is he, he really does a good job of balancing that and also communicating with his, his family of when he's doing something like that and what the priorities are. And, yeah. and his family gets behind him. I mean, it's able to communicate and plan and i imagine there's still fights and everything else just like we just don't hear about them yeah but you when you have when you have kind of that ability and i think hats off to his family too and jesse for going yeah i'm in yeah and and i think you when you when you say it takes a village it takes a village and when everybody says i'm in and you just make it work and I will also give him credit, and then I'll stop because he's not perfect. He his poop stinks. God, you got your but, head so uh, far up his if ass. you're gonna go ahead, if you're gonna go ahead and do that though, but he's he does also look after his wife at the same time. Yeah. So it's not all about him. And maybe if maybe as athletes, if we did that, um, we might be happier. You're going into a rant too early. Yeah, I was gonna say. But so anyway, we got that perspective, and now what we're gonna do is we're gonna get an old college buddy, friend of mine, on the on the horn, um, a friend of mine, Nick Murphy, guy who has done his, who just finished his first Ironman distance event, and um, he got through it. And I, I think we can agree that a lot of this show is not necessarily about following the top, all the best, all the things like that. It's about the pack filler. It's about the people who are in the pack and who, who are just doing it to finish. And so um, we're going to get Nick on the line, and we're going to we're going to do a little talk with somebody who just got into there and got it got it done. All right, everybody, we're going to we've got a, an old college friend of mine, uh, Nick Murphy, who is uh, for some reason I apparently did something better with his life than I did um, after college, and and he's moved on to things, and he's actually uh, completed. And Nick, correct me if I'm wrong. Is this your first Ironman distance? Yes, it is my first Ironman. So he just finished probably what I would like to consider one of the worst conditions for a first Ironman that we've ever had. Um, thanks for coming on, man. I just wanted to take a couple minutes and you know and talk to you about the event and all that kind of stuff and and see what it's like to be an be an Ironman. And as as Mark said, and before we went to air, uh, you're an Ironman. Congratulations, man. Thank you very much. That's that's uh, it's still sinking in. I bet, and 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 still bleeding out. 
Yeah. <laughs> first, well, first of all, how'd it go? I mean, talk to me about uh, what the event was like. The conditions were absolutely insane, 104, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I took a reading from some of the tarmac just here in Spokane, and it was registering like 130 on the, on the, on the pavement. So how did it go? Yeah, it was um, it was a great experience. It was very um, very scary when I first got there. Uh, I got there um, on Thursday, and then I found out um, that I rode the course for the first time in my car, and I was really um, freaked out. I was like, "Oh my God, this is really intimidating." And I talked to my coach, and he calmed me down a little bit, and. When I got um, when I got the uh, chance to do a test ride on Friday morning, I... and um, after that, I uh, I saw the temperature would be 104. So I freaked out a second time, <laughs> and I called my coach back, and I was like, oh, oh, what do I do? And at that point, he gave me some really good advice. He he just said, okay, forget your time, the time efforts you have. And just um, focus on hydration the whole way, and um, so get a long shirt and wet it down at every aid station, and um, on the bike and the run, make sure you stay hydrated the whole time, and make sure you stay cool off. And it worked. <laughs> yeah, I mean, God, I I never would have thought of the. I saw a lot of people in long sleeves, and it was making me wonder. I was going, what the heck? But if I think about it, to soak something down like that's probably not a bad idea. Yeah, he, my coach is smarter than me, so <laughs> thank God, because uh, I would have died. I probably would have just wore my jersey and, you know, been one of those poor people that was suffering beyond measure. But he got I got a long-sleeve um, evaporative shirt, and um, he told me the humidity was enough. Like I said, he's smarter than me. He told me the humidity was 24%, so evaporative cooling would work. So Nick, so I, that's what I went. Nick, I'm I'm curious though, who's your coach? My coach's name is John um, Villapanuva. He's um, not a. He just kind of did this as a friendly favor. He's not an official, or he's not a working coach. Yeah, but we'd like to give him some credit. Though, yeah, it sounds I mean, like that got you through it, right? Yeah, he had some good advice. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. So, like, how I, I'm curious because I've done that race, but not the course you did, and not under the conditions you did. And I'm curious, when you're walking up to the start line, because there's that uh, lemming march is what I would call it. <laughs> and, and I don't know if you felt that way, but when it's the, when everybody's in their wetsuit walking to that beach, what was going through your head, man? Well, for me, the swim is my favorite part, and that's where I have my most confidence. So I'm just excited to get in the water, to find my one, you know, my one, two, three breath, and to find happy bubbles. By happy bubbles, I mean, you know, someone in front of me who's not kicking too wildly, who I can just draft off of. So, so like, could I ask you, what's your time on the swim? Uh, 118. Oh, that's solid. That's solid. I'm about yeah, I a, think I'm, so. <laughs> I'm about a 122 swimmer, I think, right in there. So, how'd you like coming out after that first lap when it thins out? I'll bet you were really looking forward to that second lap then, where things are well, just calm. The water was nice, mm -hmm. and um, there was people... You know, obviously with the Ironman, and I've been in races where it's maybe 300 swimmers, 
but not with 2000. <laughs> so it, it was kind of like a start of those smaller races the entire way. I mean, now when I did the it, the water was nice, but you're fighting mm-hmm. pretty much. Um, you're in a pack at every buoy. You're more in a pack, and I didn't really understand the need to touch the beach. And the weird thing is, you come off the first rotation and you get on the beach. And then they allow you to angle back to the first buoy rather than making it a square. So it kind of throws you off a little bit. Yeah, it's a little weird. They make you they make you swim that diagonal line. Is that yeah. right? So my, yeah, I thought that was weird. My, my, my thing was, and this is my question, because when I did it, it was a mass start. And I swear to God, that was the scariest thing I've ever done in my life. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> like, I, I honestly, like, I just I treaded water for a second, like, like did the breaststroke because you couldn't move anyway. And and just went right. okay, chill out, chill out, and and I was fine. But is that? Did you still get that feeling of just being kind of crushed in the first four hundred <laughs> yards? Well, um, I would say the first, yeah, the first three hundred yards is just manage your panic. Yeah, that yeah, would yeah. Be my my experience. Oh, <laughs> and you are gonna get hit. You are gonna hit people. Again, my my coach gave me good advice, and he said, put your goggles on and then put your swim cap on and make sure that your um, your sw- wetsuit thing is tucked in for the first time, which I did. So. Lots to do. So let's see. Let's say you get through the swim, and I thought, this is my own opinion, I, I loved the transition. As somebody who is never going to win Ironman, I loved the <laughs> transition. I loved the way – I felt pampered. How did you feel? I like that. I would agree. I would say it was smooth. It was easy to understand. And um, it was not as packed. I, I would agree with that comment. And um, aside from putting my sandwich in a, in a chair full of water next to me <laughs> and having to eat it anyway, Bad that luck. was a gross, solid, wet peanut butter and jelly sandwich. <laughs> um, the transition. <laughs> did, you, did you like how they got your bag for you and everything? Yeah, they. I was. Um, yeah, the, I, I got to my bag before the volunteer did. Oh. <laughs> but I liked the tent, and I liked the flow of off the beach into men's change, into the bikes, mm-hmm. and um, I had one kind of major mis- misstep there because I put um, sunscreen on the back of my legs and the back of my ears. But that shirt I had rode about an inch above my bike shorts. Yep. Oh. So I had. Uh, I have a what I call the. Um, you know the sock monkey who's got the red butt? <laughs> Sweet man. Yeah, I got a, I got my own sock monkey, and I still I still have that. It's probably about second degrees on the back. Of- oh, God. that's gonna be with you. I actually had the same thing because no matter what they do with that sunscreen, things shift, and friction is gonna probably wear <laughs> well, it off too. Yeah, but you you end up with a part of you that's not covered by sunscreen, and I think I had a burn on my back for six months. Oh shit. So enjoy that. Yeah, That's I'm going to be a monkey man. for a while. Thank you. Yeah. It gives me hope. Yeah, good luck with that. Um, so let's say you get on the bike. What do you think of the bike course, man? Well, the bike is my weakest event, so I was the most nervous about that. And sure. So I just, um, you know, I enjoyed the um, first little hill out, and I was, um, it was funny because I had this motorcycle in front of me with a camera on it facing me, and I thought I was the star of the show. <laughs> and then I realized the Smiley um, brothers were behind me. So it was actually the, those brothers that 
for the stars of the show. But it was a nice ride out. And then when you get to 95, it was a little bit like um, like Mordor. It's like going into Mordor. <laughs> Is that the second lap? That was the the first lap. Oh. The first lap was going into Mordor. The second lap was going into Mordor <laughs> on the on the front of the sun. Is I think it, on the surface like, of the sun. I finally <laughs> hit Mount Doom. <laughs> yeah, when I hit Mount Doom, I kept hearing Gollum going up, up, up. <laughs> that was my mantra. Yeah, Gollum keeps, keeps Gollum. trying to steal your up, wedding ring. So, so you came out yeah. fine from the swim. I mean, that's a great swim time you you put up. You came out just fine. Plenty of time on the cut. Um, so it looks like you had a little bit of time before the heat set in on the race, right? So when did you I first I did, and actually the first climb was, was a lot nicer. It wasn't as bad on the heat. I, I got the first lap done in three and a half hours. That's solid. So it was, yeah, that was good. I was had very, I, I was able to relax it once I, once I did that. I was okay. I kind of had this idea that if I could... I was worried about getting cut, so I was like, if I can do four hours a lap, I'm, I can survive. Oh, wow. So, so when you... I got that first three and a half in, I was like, okay, I got an extra half an hour to suffer. You know, I, I actually, I've always thought the same thing on my Ironmans, too, is like whenever you come in underneath that time cut, like the swim is, like the swim is my least favorite by far, and, and so like... Regardless of happy bubbles, I'm always thinking that I'm there getting swum over the top of by the one-armed 80-year-old. And so, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm just always worried about the swim. So when I get out of the swim, I'm very happy. So, you know, I mean, you're there. You get that. You, you Did you feel kind of like you were banking time when you got that three-and-a-half-hour lap? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I felt like I might need it, too, because I knew where I was going now. Uh-huh. I mean, it was a double-edged sword because I saw that race as um, – Two little hills and then three big hills. Yep. And and so having done the three big hills once, you kind of know what you're doing, so it gives you a little bit of confidence mm-hmm. because you're um, you've done it before. But knowing what you're doing is also a double-edged sword because you got to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> here's here's a feeling, and I'm just curious if you ever felt it. Um... Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And, and this is on my, it hits me usually going into the second bike lap of an Ironman. I get the feeling of, I don't have to do this. I don't, nobody's making me do this. And I actually get angry. And I, I think about, I think about quitting right then for like a minute and then it goes away. Did you ever feel anything like that? You know, I, I would say um, that I've had that experience in other races, but 
on Sunday, I was um, more focused than I have ever been, and I was really able to not to keep the negative self-talk out of my head. Well played, sir. <laughs> so, how'd the yeah. second lap go? Well, I mean, my my coach again was like nothing but positive comments. There'll be plenty of people complaining about the heat. Just find something positive out of every situation, and um, so I, I really I I remembered who I was. You know, honestly, this is gonna sound kind of cheesy, but I was really caught in the hype in the beginning and intimidated by the hype of all the Iron Man. And then, um, you know, when I did a couple training things, I'm like, wait a minute, I belong here. I've, I've done these events one at a time, separately. <laughs> yeah. So this was like, I just did a 100-mile ride about a month ago. You know, I know how to ride 100 miles. And if I'm going to lose, I'm going to lose trying. So, <laughs> so did go the... down trying or go down swinging, you know? Yeah. And, and that's so amazing. My question to you is, when did the heat hit you then? When did you start feeling the heat? You know, I'm telling you, that hydration technique helped me. Uh-huh. I, I felt the heat, but at every aid station, I took the time to stop, and I poured a water bottle on one arm, down the other arm, over my back, my chest, and then I filled my water bottles. Well, and unfortunately, on the climb out of the, the, the giant hill, there's an aid station up there. They ran out of water. And the people were like, we don't have any more water to drink. Oh, God. Only water to put on you. And I'm like, what do you mean water to put on you? And they said, we have this ice chest. I said, here's my bottles. Just fill the ice chest. Fill my bottles. I don't care if it's pond water. I want water. <laughs> well played. <laughs> and because I couldn't drink the Gatorade. I tried that Gatorade, you know, special... Oh, tastes yeah. like, I don't know if I can say this on the air. It's too sweet. You know, no, you can, <laughs> so I won't? You can say anything you want on the air. Fucking we, go for yeah, it. Go for it. <laughs> okay. Tastes taste like ass, that, that, that formula. You know, and, and uh, so I tried a bottle of that about three quarters, about one quarter of the way in. I almost gagged, so I was like, no. Oh, shit. Well, that's, you know, that we've talked about that on before, about trying some new kind of a product right on race day or right before race day. It just ends up in violent stomach fits. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, absolutely. And, and they don't use, like, G2 or anything like that. They go straight up Gatorade when I did it. Is that the same case now? I didn't. I haven't done it for a while. They use this. Well, that's the thing. If they use straight up Gatorade, yeah. I would have, I've, I've used that before, and I like that. But, but they use um, taste like ass formula. <laughs> Well and, played. Um, which maybe it's endurance, but it didn't make me go any faster. Yeah. yeah. So, so you know, I, and again on the on the on the bike, I, I kept repeating the mantra in my head was slow is fast, slow is fast, yeah. and, and I was on on the idea that you know I want to finish. I just want to finish. So let's let's go. So you came in off the run or off the bike. What time did you get in off the bike? What time of the day? I, I don't remember the exact time of day. Uh -huh. um, it turns out it was seven and a half hours. I, I think I, I think I rode seven and a half. Okay, well, well under the, the time so, cut then. No problem there. You know, so you so, banked um, a lot of time and then yeah, you hit the time, run. I had, thankfully, I had a lot of time because at that point I'm very excited because I'm done with the bike. Okay, you know, <laughs> there's going to be more aid stations. Yep. They're going to the heat's going to be easier to handle. It's going to the sun's going to go down eventually, and <laughs> then and then. Then you're good, right? It'll go only down to 99 degrees instead of 100 degrees. <laughs> what an awesome attitude. Which is what <laughs> – so, so I was excited. 
That's awesome, man. It's only It's only strategy. Where's my jacket? Like, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna burn out here, I'm not gonna do it on the first half marathon. So I walked a lot of the first thirteen miles. Sure, sure. Now you know, and I just tried to stay cool, and I watched a lot of people bend over and barf, <laughs> and I watched a lot of people laying there suffering, and and um, people who looked a lot better in shape than I am. And I was like, okay, those were warnings. I, I think I think one of the funniest moments I had in my first Ironman it was it was cold on that day it was eighty five, <laughs> and this guy this guy runs up next to me and he's and I didn't know I mean maybe and and I'll let you talk to this here in a second there's a question following the statement, <laughs> so uh, he runs up next to me and and like we're looking at uh, I I didn't know where I was at that point I was on the second lap of the run the second long lap of the run I was like is there an aid station up here I'm like. I think so. I think it's just 400 yards ahead. He's like, cool. He goes, taking off. And I go up around the corner. My bad. There was nothing there. And so he's, <laughs> he's like double. I mean, he's not double over. He's in the fetal position. <laughs> I'm like, you lied to me. You lied. Why? It's really my bad. I didn't mean that. Um, you know, bad directions. But my statement would be also, though, and this is my question. That's awesome. How did you like the aid stations? Because I think – Iron Man events do a great job with aid stations on the run. On the run, I thought first of all the aid station running out of water on the bike oh. was just freaking un- unforgivable. I mean, on that day, that too. was a climb from yeah. hell and heat from hell. And I went another 15 miles to the end and turned around, came back. You know, so I'm talking 25, 30 minutes later, and I'm not even sure they had water yet. Oh God! So. That was unforgivable in my mind, That's where you ru- especially on a day where everyone knew it was going to be 100 three days before. Yeah. You could run to a farm, uh, you know, a nearby house and ask if you could fire up the garden hose for crying out loud. Yeah, you're asking volunteers yeah. to take that. I think I agree with Nick on the, the idea that, that that's a huge, huge faux pas on the part of the – coming up out of a climb, that's a faux pas on the yeah. organizers. And, and yeah. I agree with you. That is Might something be. that – I, if I'm not mistaken, I know you didn't win the race, Nick, and I'm sorry that I have to point that out on, on, on radio, but um, you did pay the full entry fee, correct? Oh, absolutely. So, yes, I did. So I would, think, I would think that you should deserve the water, and I guess that's – Well, one, one yeah. point you could say at, at 15 and a half hours, oh. I got three times the race that um, Andy Potts got. You totally scored. It's like when I play golf. I intentionally slice and hook all over because I play the whole course. Fuck you, Andy Potts. That's right. <laughs> you get to see every every bunker. No, Nick, that's awesome. But um, so you're on the run. You're on the run. Do you agree though that the run, the run, uh, the run aid stations are spectacular? I mean, it's so Absolutely. well spaced. Yeah, and the fan support. I obviously this is my only um, Ironman. Mm-hmm. The, the aid stations on the run. Are a party. Yeah, every one of them is like a party. Oh yeah, and and it's a great great group of people. And they were there until um, even when I went through at nine o'clock at night, there was still people there. They still had plenty of food, plenty of water, plenty of ice. Did you feel this is the way I felt? And so I, I don't mean to like in impart my story on you, but You're the way I felt, way. I am. That's kind of how I roll. Um, but the way I always felt was like every aid station felt like I finished the race. It was like everybody was so positive when I came through an aid station. Yeah, they were nice and they liked it, but I wouldn't say I finished the race. <laughs> oh no, but I mean, there is a difference between that and the finish line, admittedly. But uh, but I would say that I really appreciate the volunteers at Coeur d'Alene that have always come out and just 
really done a great job. And, and that was my experience. I want to make sure that that's still the case. It's been a while since I've done one, but I was always very impressed. Well, everything I read beforehand was that this was the best supported Iron Man from the community, and I didn't. I saw that. I saw that everywhere I looked. Every all you know from Wednesday through yesterday when I left, everyone supported it. It seemed like um, those. I would agree with you that those aid stations where everyone was a party was fun. Yeah, that's that community. So, though. so let's go to the best part, or what I thought was the best part. So maybe I'm wrong. You're on Sherman. That's the and and you get it's. I think it's a six. Six block look to the finish, right? You make that final turn. Long stretch. Yeah, that's a long stretch. Yeah, downhill too, isn't but, it? But but tell me, how did that feel for you? Well, uh, honestly, that was um, it was dark, uh -huh. so and there's a big bright light at yeah. the end of the tunnel. I felt like, Caroline, go to the light. <laughs> and, uh, Poltergeist reference. So, yeah, Poltergeist reference there for you. <laughs> so I was running down Sherman, and I I was happy that I could run. Yeah, and. Uh, and, um, you know, I was wearing a bright orange shirt, so I stood out for everyone. But um, I didn't really, that was awesome. And um, I, you know, I don't even know that it hit me. It didn't come on, what I've just done, it didn't come, didn't come home, you know. I still don't know if it's come home. I mean, it's been, you know, nine months of training, six months of, of six days training. And I still find it funny, and I giggle to myself when I think that I'm actually an Iron Man. <laughs> You are, yeah, and uh, and yeah. and tip of the hat, my friend. Okay, would you yeah. would you do it again? I gotta say, honestly, I probably would not. I probably won't do it again because the cost is prohibitive. Yeah, yeah. And um, right now, I have uh, a nine-year-old and an eight-year-old, and it took a lot of time. And and um, maybe when they're out of that out of the nest, oh, maybe man. when they're eighteen. You you just hit one of the main things we talk about on this show on a regular basis. How how y you have all these things set up and all these goals that you want to do, and then life gets in the way. Well, I don't know if it gets not in the, the way, or you have to somehow slap yourself and remember your priorities. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I'm not necessarily saying it's a bad thing that life gets in the way, but it's like, oh nope, I can't race this weekend. I got to go to a soccer tournament, or I oh I you know my my kids have forgotten my name because every time they're awake, I'm out training. Yeah, two weeks ago, uh, my son, my oldest, I come home from work, and my son's like, bye, Dad, bye, Dad. Oh. And I was like, oh. And that was accurate. That's what it's been for a while. Yeah. Oh, so man. it is a double-edged sword because you're doing this. I'm doing this to show these boys that you don't have to be the best runner, the best swimmer, or the best biker. If you just want something and you're willing to work, you can do it. And that's what I hope I proved. I think that's that's great. I mean, I would say – Maybe your next goal could be an hour and a half ride with the pack filler guys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right on. Yeah. We'll we'll drink beer afterwards, that, guaranteed. Yeah, exactly. Right on. Yeah. Nick, great attitude and exactly what Iron Man's all about in my opinion. Well, I'm I'm happy to be a member of the tribe and, and it's um been a wonderful experience and and I just got blessed with meeting a lot of really cool people and my ears have to be open long enough to pick up enough of the right stuff to get myself through it. Right on. Well, hey, man, I, you know, I, I talked to you a little bit earlier in the week and just said, hey, I'd love to get perspective if somebody's done it for the first time and, and you agreed to do this. Thank you very much because I don't know about all the listeners, but I, I think it's awesome to hear it from the perspective of, of us, of the people in the trenches, and that's, what's, that's cool, man. 
Good job. Right on. Thank you. Good job, trench liver. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. Hey, take care, man. You need anything else? What's that? Take care. All right. See you. Take care, man. You want me to hang on and talk all night? Because I'm happy to do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, we only, we're only allowed an hour per show, so <laughs> people okay. stop listening. <laughs> exactly. All right, man. Thanks. Okay, Take it was care. great to talk to you guys. Thank you very much for the opportunity. You too, man. Take care. And there you have the perspective from somebody who actually got to do it. And did it well. Yeah, well played, Nick. Did it well. And I said that four times, so I think drink whenever I say well played. Well played, Nick. Rest of the show. Exactly. Okay, so there you go. There, there was Nick. Uh, Great to talk to him, dude. We're we're running so freaking long on this podcast. It's unbelievable that we we're not even we're going to barely get to the topic at hand. Well, we could skip the talk topic and do one more show next week. We could. Well, we're going to do a show next week. All right, that's fine. Um, We do, but um, what's the topic? Our original topic was going to be just simply talking about um, uh, about motivation and about trying to keep going, uh, especially when your events disappear from underneath you. Ah! <laughs> For what's, those of you who can't What's wrong? Mark's Why nature. can't I quit? <laughs> Mark, Mark was, he and I were talking today about getting ready for the show, um, and he, I, he said, hey, I got something we can talk about. I'm going to do this great little sprint triathlon. <laughs> I said, what's the name of it? We're talking through text here, and I look it up, and I said, dude, it's canceled. He said, what? Fuck! <laughs> They canceled the event. And I know I feel the same way. I was bragging on the blog a while ago about doing the Portland Marathon. Yeah. My wife and I were going to do it together. She has something going on with her Achilles tendons. She can't. She can barely run right now. And so I just went, shit, I won't do that. And then earlier in the year, That's I wanted fair. to do um, Leadville. And I was all excited about doing Leadville. But I didn't get chosen to do Leadville. It's a lottery system. So Can you whole- qualify to do Leadville? No. Well, yeah, my, I don't know. I just wanted to get in. I just, oh, yeah, yeah that's yeah, fair. I didn't want to go fast. But you tried. Yeah. And, and you so, didn't quit. Yeah, and so that concept of drop, having things drop out from underneath you, I mean, I guess we could talk about that in another show, but I wanted to kind of segue into the fact that we need some shit to shoot for. Uh, if I don't have shit to shoot for, I don't shoot for shit. Yeah. Um, I, you can you can go ahead and frame that. Um, yeah, that's that's good. I made that up right on the fly. That that's, was, that was really good. Yeah, that was really because good. I agree. That is my motto now. I agree wholeheartedly with you, Pat. I mean, if I don't have something in the, in the tank, I got nothing. Man. Yeah, I got nothing. Yeah, and so it's it's so freaking hard. And you know, they're I'm disappointed. <laughs> yeah, so you don't have that anymore. I'm sitting here trying to think of shit to do, and um, I did get an email from a listener. And and this is this is kind of along the humor of the of the whole concept of the show. So you get, you, you, I'm going to read it for you here. Dear Pat and Mark, oh boy, I have a challenge for you. Oh no, you guys are always talking about how you hate running. Well, that's probably me. That's you. But you like drinking. Yes, that's, that's both of us. Yeah. Okay. Why not combine the two and do a beer mile? This is from Casey, one that's of our like listeners. A peanut M M&M. and M. A beer mile. I, like- I, I looked up the beer mile. I don't know if you know about what this I is. I actually watched Lance Armstrong fail at the beer mile. Lance Armstrong did a beer mile? He tried. He made it through the first lap and quit. Just, God, I wish I could have found out why. Flat That's out, our insight. Quit. That's our insight into getting Lance on the show. I would say. Why did you fail on your beer mile? But well, the- what if we could coach him? I mean, what if we could bring him through? <laughs> I tell you what, Lance, if you're listening to the show, and I know you are. Um, <laughs> he can't get enough of it. And I know you are lance um <laughs> by the way we backed you asshole we did but anyway for years i know we were blind followers <laughs> we're just like he's not a cheat 
He's not a, oh shit. No, I look, we we kind of had the probably blue bird knew. had landed, but we would not do it until proven guilty. <laughs> yeah. Okay, and they and Oprah got that scoop. Fuck <laughs> you, Oprah. But anyway, I blame Oprah. Yeah. But uh but what we have is we will I'm going to throw it out there, Lance Armstrong, we will coach you through the beer mile and do it with you. Okay, so listeners who might not know what the beer mile is. First of all, shit, that just makes complete I'm, sense. I'm vaguely familiar it with it. It is four laps. You got to do it, go to a track, obviously. Do it on it's a track. It's like Spokane Falls. Yeah. Well, or the one five blocks away from here, Hartfield. Okay, done. Um, pound a beer as quickly as you Well, start the stopwatch. Pound a beer as quickly as you can. Uh, do a lap. Pound a beer, lap. Pound a beer, lap. Pound a beer, lap. Until you finish. Did I do four? Um, so four beers, four laps. Four beers, four laps. And Are these microbrews or hopefully Bud Light? Well, I've got some statistics here, actually, okay. um, from BeerMile.com. No affiliation with this I website. I like cider. Ooh. I think it's got to be beer. Oh, okay. It has okay. to be beer. All right, because that might go down um, to uh, Four laps, four beers, timed. You ready for this? Current, someone's breaking five, I'll bet. Current world record, 457. That's insane. Yeah. Current male best, 457. We've got several in the five range. Uh, female best, 617. By smoking Beth fast. Herndon. That is smoking I, fast. I, I even have the most popular beers. Top one is Budweiser, Pabst Blue Ribbon, Miller High Life, and Coors. And then Canadian. Okay. Um, I, so it's basically, it's haul ass. And it's probably not vomit, I would think. Yeah. Because I, I enjoy beer, but I can't imagine busting my ass in this entire time. So here's the concept. We think about this. We try to see what what would be logistic in terms of putting something like this together. I'm not saying it's just whittled down to you and me. I'm saying we do it with somebody with other people. We open it up to others. Yes, it should be probably the two of us doing it. We're not going to announce this. I say we do it. We actually be competitors in a beer mile. We have uh, maybe pack filler beer mile. Yeah, it's doable. Sam liability is you know, no. There's no liability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you just show up and it's a track. Yeah. Um, Sam Pasissi does this every year in the spring. Uh, We've missed that, but I bet we could bring some people with us and go, hey, we're doing a beer mile. Yeah, and I say we get good beer. Not, I, not high IBUs. No, I'm not talking about an IPA. I was going, <laughs> if you're going to do four beers, and let's say we do microbrews, and they're at yeah. about 170 calories each, could you take oh. in 600 calories in, say, 10 minutes? I mean, and, we, and that's about where we're going to be at, right? I I'm mean, thinking eight. You're going to do eight minutes with drinking? <laughs> yeah. Eight with drinking. Okay, nine. Sub nine. That's Well, that's what I'm saying is we're right there at the eight, nine, ten-minute mark. Nowhere near the 4.57. You automatically get a penalty if you vomit, by the way. What's and this, a this is a part of – No, that's uh, part of the deal, yeah. Beermile. Beermile.com yeah. does that. They, uh -huh. they put – it is an implied penalty, time penalty. Mm -hmm. So – Yeah, doable. I'm in. Okay, so there you've heard it. Uh, stay tuned, and if anybody would like to be involved in the Pack Filler Beer Mile, I say we do a, so August. some sort of a gathering afterwards and some sort of a 
uh, a party at some sort of an event and maybe even do a show there. It'd be kind of funny. But, yeah, you know, fun. I dream big. So, or, or we could just have both of our listeners come over and we'll do the beer mile. Yeah, I also, yeah, exactly. I also think a uh, pack filler uh, Fonda would be something that'd be great. I've mentioned that in the show cool. before. You know, gravel, beer, and, and chocolate chip cookies. That's it. I'm in. Yeah. I need water, though. I, I would no, need beer for a Fondo. Beer oh, okay. Beer afterwards. Oh, okay. No, not during. Jesus. It's no, going, I, okay, I might, you might have me, but like, could we do the beer at 90? Yeah. You know, I mean, oh. you know, I mean, could yeah. we do the beer then? Because yeah. not at, not at 60 miles? No. Yeah. No, thanks. No okay. Bueno. So uh, I'm, I'm going to skip most of the, the topic for tonight just because we, we ran long. It was great having Nick on and having somebody talk about that sort of stuff. Um, I, I do have some information on one of our events that we're doing up here soon. Um, our good friends at Race the River um, asked me if I mentioned something about their gig. And it's a great triathlon every year, short distance, great qualifier. Um, it's a really well done race. Good friends of ours put it on. Mark and um, new announcer Chris are going to be doing that one. And uh, they asked if I, if I talk about the fact that uh, they're changing their venue. They're going to the uh, NIC campus in, in Coeur d'Alene. And I don't know about you. I think it's a much more convenient area in which to do it. It's going to change some things about the event, but it's going to be, a, 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 once again, a great event. July 19th, uh, racetheriver.com is where they're doing it. I'm I'm a little curious logistics wise what I'm gonna need, um, but we'll get there. Oh yeah, it's behind uh-huh. the scenes kind of stuff in terms of sound and stuff. I like think that, the, you the venue second to none. Yeah, um, second to none. I mean that is the Ironman venue. It is the um, Cortland Triathlon venue. Yeah, and there is no sprint like Race River. Period. Um, I, I think the only thing with the change of venue that is going to change is the enjoyment of the race by the competitors will increase. Yeah, I agree. So, I agree. you know, there's more room, there's more stuff, there's more stuff after the fact. Yeah, absolutely. Great choice by Race the River. Glad to be a part of it. Look that one up, racetheriver.com, and um, you can see what's going on with them. So, wow, this is one of our first shows where we had actually too much to talk about. One of them? Never mind. Yeah, I'm joking. Right. We're going to have to do another one soon. All right. Um, so, and as in usual, um, when I'm doing ABM shows, I, I'm usually doing the rant my entire show. So when Mark and I get together, it's obviously a wonderful time to expose all of our listeners to the brilliance that is that is the great Mark Hodgson. So it's Mark's, it's Mark's rant tonight. Well, I'm going to go a little political on you, Pat, and oh. just for a minute, and I hate to do it, but... Uh, Trump for president. Uh, yeah, sure. If that's what you believe, um, that seems like a, seems like a really solid choice. If you want to see Hillary, which is, Hey, which is actually who I'm voting for, but I hope I I really do. But anyway, when we get there, I, I saw something and I saw a sad portion. I'm not going to dwell too much on it and I don't want to get into the rights and wrongs of it, but the Confederate flag came up this week and it's, it's an interesting piece of American history. And I wanted to talk about it just for a second, not really very long, but I wanted to think about it for just a second because we look at the Confederate flag and we see all these people who are for or against the Confederate flag. And there are those that are that are standing there going, well, it's part of heritage. And that's awesome um, if that's what you believe. But what I have learned through my studies and everything else, and I am a history major, is that generally your heritage that is associated with the Confederate flag included manacles and rape 
and the largest forced migration of people that almost ended in genocide, and that's our country. And so, in my opinion, you may be ignorant. And in that one moment, that's fine. Now, you may see it as heritage, and I'm not from the South, and I don't understand all that. And I also understand how everybody else has jumped on the bandwagon and now has vilified Dukes of Hazard, And they have gotten rid of the General Lee and everything else, and, and maybe they should. I guess you can't have it both ways. But I guess where are we at with ignorance in sports? Because we look at things through a very thin lens, and we look at things of like cheater, not a cheater, good and bad. And who do we ignore because we're ignorant in sports? And one of the things I watched today was actually the Women's World Cup. And quite frankly, I'm a fan. I'm a huge fan of the Women's World Cup. Most of America is not. Most of America is completely ignorant of what those women are doing. And I will tell you what, if you are looking for an athletic contest right now, that is the real deal. And the U.S. is kicking ass. And if you don't know that, that's too bad. Because you've missed out on all the foibles and follies and the hard work these women have dedicated their lives to. And you haven't even seen it. I don't know why. And I don't know why it's not on the front page. Now, granted, if Marshawn Lynch takes a shit, somebody is extremely interested, and that's really cool. And if Russell Wilson doesn't make $25 million next year, he's going to walk. That's great. But there's a girl, Hope Solo, who is a star and every bit the athlete everybody else was, and nobody gives a crap. And I guess maybe our ignorance of those types of sports, whether it be cycling, whether it be Ironman, whether it be everything, maybe we just need to open our eyes and maybe we need to look at what we're, we have and the riches that abound. If I had a nickel for every person in Spokane that has no idea that the Ironman Coeur includes helicopters, inflatable everything, it's like the Super Bowl over there, and nobody knows it even happened. It is a tree falling in the forest for 27,000 people that showed up to Hoopfest, which, by the way, in my opinion, is a colossal waste of time. <laughs> Folks, take a peek. Look at something else. I had no idea I'd be interested in women's soccer. Maybe it's because I have a three-year-old girl, and maybe she'll play soccer. Maybe she'll go ahead and choose to drag race. I don't know. But either way, if we sit there and look at our own bubbles and our own way of thinking and think we're right simply because that's all we know, then I think we miss out on a lot. USA. That was brilliant. In the Pack Filler Studios, I'm Pat Bulger. I'm Mark Hudson. Thanks to Nick Murphy for being on the show. Take care. We'll see you guys soon. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus... Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack 
for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.